From Relay FM, this is The Pen Addict, episode 262. Today's show is brought to you by Pen Chalet and Blue Apron. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by the man big in Japan, Mr. Brad Dowdy. <laughs> How cool was that? What are we talking about here? So, I had this opportunity that came to me, I don't know, a couple of months ago. Actually, sooner than, more recent than you would think to get published in a magazine. But I had an opportunity to be, have a small little feature in a Japanese stationery magazine. Um, the store is called Shumibun, I believe. Mm-hmm. And they do a magazine, um, a quarterly magazine. And friend of the show and friend of mine and friend of the community, Bruce uh, Eamon, who is on Twitter at Think on Paper Co. He is big in Japan himself. He's the one who we've shared before where he's done stationary podcasts in Japan. He's fluent in Japanese. He grew up, you know, um, in that area and traveled around and is over and back over in Japan, you know, several times a year. And he's big into the stationary industry over there. So he has a lot of contacts. And this um this magazine asked him, he's like, hey, we want to do an article on you being Bruce um, about why he loves Japanese stationery. And he's like, you know, I've got this friend that's really into Japanese stationery. And according to Bruce, they were like, really? There's people in the U.S. that are into Japanese stationery? They, they were like kind of dumbfounded um, huh. that how big of a thing Japanese stationery is. The, at least the way he was wording it and the way they were talking to him, I thought, I thought it was... Uh, interesting that they were like kind of shocked so they ended up putting together an article with four not native japanese japanese pen fans and that's what ended up publishing in the article and i didn't know when it was going to come out but i have the full spread of my page that uh, we'll link in the show notes and it's got me bruce and then two other um two other people from the article so we have the full like the two full two page spread on there that you can download and and check it out. It's really neat. They asked for, you know, just kind of what I was into. I'll have to actually pull up and see what the text was. But um they asked for some pictures of my Japanese pens. So there's some of my photographs that I take I've taken of my sailors, you know, Sailor King of Pens and the Sailor Pro Gear and the Sailor the Pink Love and then the Pilot Custom Heritage 912 that had the Mackie artwork on, and then a sample of my writing with the um, Platinum 3776 niece, and then they just kind of said, you know, where I'm from, what I enjoy, my favorite pens, things like that. So I'll have to post the translation on the pen addict of the information that I I put out there. But uh, Bruce is on the left-hand side of the page, I'm on the right-hand side of the page, and then then there's two others. on there as well so and actually conrad who's in there when you pull up this article and see it that's conrad from kwz inc so he's big in japan as well so he has he has a whole different article just on the kwz inks let's see where the Um, kwz came from now yes yes so that is yeah so that is conrad zorowski Mm -hmm. um from poland and that is mr kwz inks so He's in there as well. It was just a really neat opportunity. And Bruce was funny. He's like, they asked me for this and they need it in like three days. Like they need it now because they're getting ready to go to publisher and they want to do this. I'm like, no problem. I can make this happen <laughs> because this is a cool opportunity. I didn't want to pass up. My favorite thing when I saw the the image is like my thought of you showing off the pens that you have. You're like, ah, you mm-hmm. see, I know what I'm talking about. I got I, <laughs> look at all these bung box pens I have. Yeah. <laughs> and they were they actually came back to Bruce. They were like, wow. And they were like, he's really into it, right? <laughs> and so it was just kind of funny hearing <laughs> Bruce translate their thoughts of, number uh-huh. one, people like this exist. And number two, wow, that's some pretty cool stuff. So it was just fun. And, um, you know, we, I, had a, I had a good time doing it. And Bruce was a saint for asking me. And, you know, corralling all the information on a, on a very, very tight turnaround schedule. So I'm glad to see that it came to pass and it looks fantastic. So, yeah, very cool. That's really awesome. That's really, really yeah. great. I need to get a hard copy of it. Um, so I'm going to have to work on that. Oh, man. I was just spending a few moments like looking around and trying mm-hmm. to work out how to get a copy. And yeah. uh, it does not seem easy. I did find like it was funny. It was when I was like looking at it and uh, 
I found like a, a, a sample of a digital version, which I was just clicking yeah. around. And when I got mm. to like the reader page, you have to click backwards, right? Mm-hmm. Which I, right. to, it just broke my brain for a second. Like you yeah. start on page one and go left. <laughs> yeah, the arrow points to the left. <laughs> <laughs> and yep, I was like, I saw oh that too. yeah, now I get it. Yeah. Silly me. So I, I want to do more. Bruce, Bruce is like, it came out great. Now your next step is to make a trip to Japan. So we'll have to effort that one, one day. day. I would love if we yeah. could go together. Oh, wouldn't that be incredible? Yeah. That'd that be would great. be really, really awesome if we could do that one day. One day. That's that's one like day. grand that's, plan level three or something. Yeah. Yeah. That's like the 10 year anniversary. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah. Even five years. I mean, oh, we passed that, right? Yeah, well, we, yeah, we passed that. So ten years. Yeah, I mean, five I years was a, was a walk in the park. So we can get to ten. Right, we can get to ten. No problem. So talk about a walk in the park. <laughs> <laughs> so our good friends at Lamy have apparently <laughs> decided that the black amber is doing so well, the Lamy two thousand special edition, that they're actually reverse course and are allowing retailers to discount it now. How much of a trash fire is this it's at get, this point? It's, at this point, I feel like I'm kind of grabbing the popcorn and watching a car crash. Like, that's how it feels right now. It's just like, well, let's see how this one plays out, right? Like, it's just like a slow motion moving accident that's occurring. Not that Lamy yeah. are in trouble, but just it. Just watching this unfold has been so inevitable, but yet they mm-hmm. couldn't really seem to understand it. So, do you have your popcorn handy? Oh, I sure do. Lamy is redoing their distributor process. Uh-huh. I don't know what that entails, but the U.S. distributor is no longer the U.S. distributor, and I think this is happening worldwide. So something's mm-hmm. going on, and I don't know what. So they're changing distributor. Well, yeah, but I don't know what that means. Are they bringing it all back in-house? Are they hiring someone else? But all I know is the U.S. distributor is no longer the U.S. distributor of Lamy. So, and it's not Mm -hmm. just them, right? It's a worldwide thing that's happening with many distributors are no longer distributors. And no one knows what that means. No one knows what's going on with Lamy. They're just so weird right now. It's kind of unfathomable. They're just doing just every, every week. It's something weird. Lamy's done a weird thing. And, it's been like this for what, at least a year now, if not a little bit more, mm. where they're just continuing to be weird. And I just don't, it's it's certainly not the end of it. You know, when you have a big worldwide distributor change, something's up, I, I would think. But I don't, what's up, I don't know. Um, that part, I don't know. But we'll see. But yeah, if you ever <laughs> if you ever wanted the Lamy 2000 Black Amber, you can now get it at a pretty large discount. Um so what is that? That's like 40% off, something maybe like something that. like that. And, um, you know, I know, you know the Goulets have had been pushing for them to discount it. They were never able, never able to get Lamy to agree to a discount. So they said, fine, we'll do it ourselves. We'll just give away a Lamy 2000 standard pin with this pin yeah. <laughs> because we can't move. We can't sell it. So, um, you know, Lamy's now allowed for that discount, but you know, it just goes back to the decision-making process in the beginning, like having such a special pen and failing so miserably on the design of it is, uh, it kind of stinks because this could have been a massive win for them. And it's just now going down as a huge failure. The idea of them changing their distributor thing isn't necessarily Mm -hmm. a bad idea, right? Like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's, it's just interesting. Like I think when we're talking Mm -hmm. about this is like, Oh, here's a thing that is happening which will have ramifications of some kind to one of the largest pen brands. Like, Mm -hmm. it could be a good thing. Like, a lot of, for all we know, a lot of the weirdness that we've been seeing is coming because of the U.S. distributor in some way, right? Like, we don't, you know, I don't know how much I know know about about that, that. right? Yeah, and I don't know any more than I've said, you know, so I, I don't know any more than that. So, I, yeah, who knows? Who knows? But I, it's just, you know, just wait till tomorrow and it'll be something else. So it'll be, uh, this is, this is a great topic to bring up the wiki right now, because you can thread these Lamy business discussions in the Pen Attic wiki, um, which we'll provide the link for in the show notes and at the end of this blog. 
at the end of this podcast. I didn't I didn't write this podcast. I'm I'm talking, so it's not a blog. <laughs> it was fun to watch <laughs> you go through that little moment there though. Well, well, somehow I caught it and I'm really not sure how because I don't catch a lot of things. We have some new products today to talk about. The first of them mm-hmm. is uh, I saw this on Twitter that Edison are making their own flex nibs now. Well, they're having their own flex nibs made for them. Sure, sure. Okay. Yes, yes. Which is the same as Franklin Kristoff. So I believe these are the same Yowo nibs. Um, and it's a very cool option. It's taken a long time for this to come to fruition. I think it's a very good choice. You've seen a lot of nib grinders, maybe not some of the main ones that we know, but some that are a little bit more risky and wanted to take a chance will cut notches in the sides of nibs to give added flex. And it's now become essentially a stock item for Yowo to offer these up to their biggest customers like Edison, Franklin, and Kristoff, you know, where they're etched with their logo, with their um, brand logos on them. And they, they look very cool. I know Aziza just did a video. She's got the Franklin Kristoff one. Um, and I, I say that there's no difference in the nibs, right? It's the same base nib. And what are they like? 150, $160 for a 14 karat gold nib. I think that's pretty fair. You know, I'll, I'll probably try to pick up one of these nibs just to, um, play around with because I have so many Edison and Franklin Kristoff pins. I just swap nibs in and out of those regularly anyway. It's something I enjoy doing. So having uh, having an option. Okay, so they're 115 at Franklin Kristoff. I haven't looked at the Edison, so I don't know how much they are. But um, they look great. So I, I am definitely into getting one of these nibs. Edison's a 125. Okay, so yeah. There they go. So right about the same price. So even better than I thought, like I would have paid 150 for them. Like I didn't think that would be a, a bad idea, but I like, I like it better for 115. <laughs> it's just a fun option to have. Right. And the Edison nibs yeah. look good, right? Like as always, they, they yeah. their logo looks really great on a nib. Yeah. So this is, this is something that I'm glad to see out there now that, you know, seeing that little bit, it's not going to give you some kind of wet noodle flex, but it's going to be a really cool writing experience different than than what you're used to and you you know you don't have to go all the way up to something like the what aurora did with their flex nib until their flex nibs become you know sold as a standalone product which i think they will next year you know you can get something similar for you know in the 100 150 dollars range that'll be pretty cool so I'm, I'm very excited about these i think it's a great job um by I'm going to go Jowo, Yovo, Yowo to do this because I don't know really how to pronounce it and I hate saying it. So it's very cool. I like it. Going to get one of these soon. Did they come in black yet? I haven't looked. That'd be um, sweet. I don't think so. I don't think yeah. so. I can check though. Yeah. So hashtag YOLO. We will get a flex nib soon. <laughs> Is that the reason? <laughs> uh, they have uh, no. They have two-tone all gold and rhodium plated. Okay, thank you for doing my job. So, yes, is the answer to your question. <laughs> Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at the Pen Chalet. They have all of your favorite brands and all of your favorite writing items available with great prices. This is what Pen Chalet are all about. Fast and reliable customer service. They're always running discounts, and they have new styles of pens that they're adding to the site every single month. And also, every single month, you will find a bunch of closeout specials. You'll find discounts. There's always stuff going on over at Pen Chalet. They don't just sell the things that you need to get your writing done. They also sell the things that you want to put your writing stuff in. Carrying cases and pen holders, as well as refills, fountain pen converters, and so much more. They sell internationally with great shipping rates, and they offer free shipping on orders of a $50 in the US. They have low prices on high quality pens of a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go to penchalet.com, that's P E N C H A L E T.com, and click the podcast link at the top of the website. You want to enter the password penaddict where it prompts you to get this week's special offer and also to get the 10% code that you want to save on anything at the Pen Chalet. So once you go there and you get that little code, you can put it in no matter what you buy and you'll be able to get 10% off whatever you buy. But this week's special offer is an Aurora-style collection rollable pen in blue, which is an incredible 60% off 
before the 10% coupon that you can add on top <laughs> as well. So this is a just sublime deal on a great-looking rollerball. Yeah, I don't have a rollerball from Aurora. And looking at this, the tip on this is actually a felt tip. So that actually makes it more interesting to me. Oh, like so, the uh, the Moss? No, like the Sharpie pen. Yeah, like the Sharpie pen. Cross makes one like this. Um, a few companies, Parker makes one like this with this type of tip and this type of refill um, and, and Mont Blanc. Um, so if it uses that type of refill, I'm very interested in it as opposed to a traditional roller ball. I want to look at this uh, a little bit more because that's a cool looking pen and a, a nice looking barrel for that type of tip. Can I talk about one or two other pens in this uh, in this list today? I Am I allowed so. to? I think you're allowed to. So number one, I've mentioned this before, the Lamy Pure ballpoint is awesome it's an awesome deal it's like over half off with our price i love lamy's ballpoint pens and then i saw a pen down here that i didn't know existed and i have no way we're going to buy this pen ever but i didn't know even know it was a thing the visconti london fog roller ball that's one of the most beautiful pens Visconti has ever made in the fountain pen. I had no clue it came in a rollerball. I have no intention in spending $400 on a rollerball pen, but that thing is awesome. <laughs> I had no concept that this even existed. So there's Ron again, uh, bringing out the wild, bringing out the wild pens in, uh, in here for the pen addict. So very cool. Thank you, Ron. And, uh, I'm going to check out this Aurora style a little bit more and, and read up on this refill. Thanks to Pen Chalet for their support of the Pen Addict and Relay FM. All right, so I got a bunch of new stuff in this past week, Mike, and it turns out it was all pencils. Hmm. So, uh, yeah. Not sure how Are I feel you? about this. Will it and I'm well, letting them get too much control of the show? I know, people. I know. I know those pencil people are amazing, Mike. I know. You know, all, I know. Pencil people are pencil people are awesome, and I actually have a story why here. In just a minute. So, but before I get to that, let's uh, let's talk about all three of my subscriptions landed within about five oh. days. So we're gonna we need to so have a conversation about this. So, <laughs> <We're> gonna, <laughs> so the Blackwing Volumes seventy three came out. Um, it's a Lake Tahoe version. It is absolutely stunning. This is now the second best style that they have done. The blue is so bright. And it has like raised topography on the exterior, so you feel the texture of the lines on the pen barrel, a pencil barrel, and it's just a stunner. It's beautiful yeah, to look is, at. This is really great looking. That Palomina, yeah. they're doing such a good job with these black wings. Like they, yes, they really. This has been one of the better special editions, like just for consistency. It's almost yeah. at like field notes levels of great wildness right like right they come up with really interesting things that tie back to a theme really well for mm-hmm. i think pretty much every single one of their releases so far it's been very impressive yeah. yeah and it is and the the quality turns out amazingly this one has the soft core in it which is not my favorite core they use four different cores for their um volume series i believe i think they are up to four now mm-hmm. they even created one just for this not this particular one but in previous editions the extra hard extra firm one but i'm going to use the heck out of this pencil just because it's so beautiful and uh, i'll just have to sharpen it more because i generally don't go for the softer cores but my god is this a pretty pencil i don't i don't know what to say i'm just kind of taken aback by the whole thing when you actually take it out of the box sharpen it up and use it it's like wow you can't stop looking at it it's very very cool so i'm very happy with this one um the last one the jade one was probably my least favorite they came back strong with this model here you know you can't win them all but um you know you're not going to get a perfect one every every quarter that fits you and your style. And, but, uh, this is what you're paying for to be like really surprised and really taken aback by something that they created. And they did a fantastic job here. The next one was the Baron fig archer prismatic pencils. They made a come in on the same day as the, <laughs> as the black wings, at least like a day, a day before or something like that. They came correct from the snakes and ladders failure in this batch of pencils. So I, I was tentative 
to sharpen it up and use it. And when I did, I was like, okay, whew, they got the they got the core right. Okay. It's their standard. It's their standard HB core. It's firm. It's not gritty. It's not soft. Um, everything, all the cores look centered from what I could tell. The three colors of the barrels look really, really nice. It looks real great in the box. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not going to use them. Okay. It's time for Baron Vig to step up their pencil subscription. Hmm. Because when I, when I get them in next to these black wings, there's no way I would ever use these. Can you explain that? Like what, what, what is it that, that makes them poorer? It's the same core, every release. It's the same feel, and it's the same style. So it's a really good pencil. Like, but there's options, right? I subscribe to three pencil boxes. <laughs> I I would rather have the Baron Fig Squire subscription than the Archer subscription. That was my choice in the beginning. I was gonna pick one to subscribe, and I was like, I'm into pencils now. Let me try the Archer subscription, well, I think I'm going to switch it over to the Squire subscription. I think you're getting more bang for your buck from what they're doing with the Squire lineup than getting the same um, Archer every time with a different, you know, paint job. And and that's fine. You know, how is that different from what Blackwing's doing? Well, like I said earlier, Black Blackwing uses four different cores. You're gonna you have three of their standard cores. They're and then they created one just for this. So right now, I'm just not getting enough variance in the prismat in the Archer, despite it being a really good pencil. Like this is good pencil. I have no complaints about this pencil. Like I did the Snakes and Ladders. The Snakes and Ladders I did, did not like, but I think that was a technical issue on the manufacturing side. Nothing that Baron Fig necessarily did. This one came out perfect, but when I have 10 pencils laid out to use, it's going to be way down that 10 list that I pick up. Does that make sense? Makes perfect sense. It's like, it's real nice, but it doesn't yeah. have something that sets it apart. Right. So like, for example, and this is specific to me, one of the ways I kind of rank pencils is, do I give these pencils to my kids for school? That's where these Baron Figs archers are going, right? They're not getting my Blackwing 73s. <laughs> But I'll give them a dozen prismatics because I'm not going to miss having them. That's what you want with a product. You want to, if you don't have it any longer, you want the sense that you now miss this product, right? That means it was a really good product. It really fit your style. Um, so I think when this subscription expires, I'm going to switch over to the Squire because I've really enjoyed On that note, yeah. I would like to just uh, provide an update to the listeners that a, a deal has been arranged between me and you for your M90. Oh yeah, we're gonna right. talk about that later. Okay, we have we have a we have a topic. Yes, yeah, so stop yelling at Mike and uh, and uh, I did get all your emails and <laughs> Mike and I did strike a deal. We, we made and a I, deal. And I said I was and I'm gonna give you the green squire too, right? I think mm-hmm. that was yeah. Put a little so, sweetener yeah. in that deal, I think. Yeah, yeah. So that's that pencil. Great pencil. No problem with it whatsoever. Cool looking. Great style. I'm just gonna choose other pencils before it. Some of them are coming from the CW Pencils Japan box. So this was box number two of their subscription. This is a whole different thing to the last two that we were just talking about. (laughs) Yeah, this is a curated set, right? This is not, we're making, we're getting something manufactured and selling it to you. This is a curated set with a theme. And this one was Japan, so you know I'm going to adore it. And I did. Like, it's pretty amazing because they do things... Like, they are able to get a hold of things that they don't even necessarily sell in the shop. Like, there's this one pencil from the Tajima Construction Company that looks like it's made by Tombow. And they have this neat little story about how Tajima contracts out Tombow to make a harder grade, you know, to contracts out to use their 2H and 4H cores because of the construction usage in the field and the drafting. They want the the harder cores for their personal use. And so like they're able to get these. So that came in the box. That's like really, really neat. And then they did a camel pencil, which is one that I like. It's a, it's a Japanese brand, but it's like, 
you do you remember the movie Helvetica? This is just it's the Helvetica pencil. It's white round barrel with just Helvetica stamped on it and the integrated eraser that Camel does. And then they have a jumbo pencil from a Japanese store called Gekoso. It's an 8B super soft, super wide and heavy pencil that you just get from their store. You know, this is really cool. It's going completely different than Blackwing and Baron Fig. What they do, it's a curated set and there's just all kinds of things in there. Then they they included, you know, pencil guards and matching little uh tape stickers you use for your notebook and then they throw in like a um a fun pencil it's called handy jenkins this is the best one i can't believe you've left it until this long to talk about (laughs) i was saving it because i was like why do i why do i have a hulk fist on (laughs) on this pencil eraser i was like this is awesome but the story is this is uh japan's version of rock paper scissors i mean it's just very cool to what? open up a package, read all these stories, and I didn't even cover everything. I mean, there's there's another pencil, another eraser, you know, a Tombow Mono eraser, which is amazing, but it's just cool. This I, I love getting these varying styles, and with pencils, they're so cheap, you can do this kind of stuff, right? That's why I don't mind subscribing to all the pencil things, because in general, they're cheap. You know, I've spent more on a single fountain pen than all my pencil subscription costs combined for all time, you know? It's just, it's, it's cool. And I really enjoy writing with some of these pencils and then discovering, oh, this construction pencil in 2H designed and painted by Tombow is really exceptional. So it's a fun thing to do and uh, I like it. So very good pencil week here at the Pentatic Estates. So yeah, it was, it was kind of interesting. And so on that note, I was browsing around Kickstarter for what we're going to talk about the next topic, but I wanted to bring this one in because it's pencil related. There's a sharpener on there called Hovel, and I'll let you check out the link and, and look at it. And I was, I was browsing, I was just doing my browsing through Kickstarter and this came up as, you know, what do they call it? Like projects for you, you know, where they basically match things you've backed mm-hmm. um, and present you, you know, like targeted advertising. And this one came up. So I was like, I watched the video and I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. It's a crazy expensive sharpener and it's just designed to be like a blade sharpener where you kind of sharpen it like a knife and it's like a, a shim or what do they call that thing? No idea. Where you, um, yeah, it's a thing. I'm not a, I'm not no, a No, I guy. know. I've used them, but I don't know so, what they're yeah. called. Yeah. So anyway, it looked really cool and I backed it and I tweeted it out and then a friend of the show and RSVP podcaster Les said, hey... I saw you back that. Did you see our discussion in the Erasable Facebook group? And I was like, no, I didn't. And uh, I went over there, scattered it out, and they were talking about how, not that this is not original, but the concept and idea of it has been done many times over. And actually, you can get the basic type of... um, Oh, it's a planer, I think is the word I'm looking for. You can get these little handheld planers on Amazon for like eight bucks, 10 bucks. That'll do the same thing that this, that the hipster sharpener here does. And I thought it looked really cool, but I was like, wow, when you, when I looked at all the, the conversation around it and saw that it wasn't really different than what I could get for like six or eight bucks, I unbacked it. Um, Hmm, So it was cool to get that. It was cool to get that instant feedback uh, on Twitter and you know save myself 60 bucks for okay. something that i could i could get for so much cheaper i haven't read the whole conversation around this but like mm-hmm. the the next thing that we're about to talk about is another mm-hmm. thing from cw and t so i'll just ask the question of what makes this sharpener different to the pen type a because i have a personal relationship with the pen type a it's more personal to me the hovel is just a thing yeah, but it wasn't before you backed it, right? Mm, I mean, I was involved in the conversations around it during okay. the process, I guess. All right, well, then that's a, it, that's a bad example. I'm trying to think of something yeah. else. But like anything that is containing a refill, for example, mm-hmm. right, which is yes. made of titanium and sold for $100. Yes. Why is that different to this? Um, I guess because you buying the story of what they're making more, and this one looks like it's been made before, and it just kind of seems kind of like a basic thing that's amped up. Um, even though I guess I mean I'm not disagreeing with the fact that a lot of pens are just amped up, you know, copper and brass, you know, refill holders, you know. So 
I guess I just wasn't fascinated enough with the product to keep it coming to me. Okay. You know, it was just one thing. It's something I backed on a whim, um, seeing it getting targeted to me. And I was like, oh, this is cool. I okay, like pencils. I get that. This looks like, like a cool sharpener. I totally get that. Like that you were not, you know, whatever, like it isn't speaking to you. But I don't know. There's mm-hmm. just something about that argument. Like, because again, I haven't read the whole thing. But if that is all mm-hmm. the argument is like, oh, you can get something for cheaper on Amazon. I think it breaks yeah. down a lot of these Kickstarters, to be honest. Oh, I, I don't disagree with that. And it's I guess it's just that I didn't have enough um, need or fascination with it to say, okay, yeah, this is no big deal, really. Okay. It's, you I were should, looking for something look original, else. but this yes. isn't an original yeah. idea. But yeah, yes, I, I don't think that, that the fact that this isn't an original idea like invalid, invalidates the idea of this existing. Like, Correct. The reason that this I agree. is here and costs like 50 pounds is because it's made of brass right and like it yeah. looks like it's made well and it looks like these these guys put a lot of thought into it i mean mm-hmm. on the account that it doesn't seem you know like i know me and you are very can be very hard on kickstarter stuff if we don't like mm-hmm. the idea or if we think it's a scam but like that doesn't look like that's the case for either of these it's just a not at all iterative design but i don't think the fact that it is an iterative design invalidates it as a project that should be successful because me and you back numerous kickstarters a year which mm-hmm. are just iterative designs but we like them so yes that's all i wanted yeah. to say i that's completely fair and a valid argument and i like how you said that i agree with you i mean but because I we're moving on to the next thing right so <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, you right? know because you're gonna call me out on this one it's like <laughs> but i know i am i am the i am the pin type a and b like lover I, I know I'm the fanboy of this pen and I'm gonna I'm in a small <laughs> the list of people who also love this pen along with me is very, very short because most people do not. And I get it. Really? I mean it's it, it does very well. Like th- No no no, no. A- but like in our community, like the high tech C isn't as I love the high tech C more than most people and then right. therefore I love this pen more than most people because of it. You so know. CW CW and T are back, and they have mm. a pen called the Titanium Pen Type B. Now, mm. the reason that they are doing this is not the average reason that a Kickstarter campaign right. is created. So it looks like Kickstarter has approached a selection of people of of creators that have had success in the past to create a new campaign called Kickstarter Gold. With the idea being that they are going out to these existing successful projects and asking them to remix the project in some way and do a new campaign with it. Um, mm-hmm. And the with the idea of being like, I think it's like you may have missed out on this in the past to be a part of this project. So we're doing it again. I think that might be, you know, mm-hmm. why, why, where this is coming from. Like the, the line is, you know, and you can take home a piece of pix, of Kickstarter gold, which I like. This mm-hmm. is a, this is an interesting project. So they're going out to a lot of like really successful creators and they're asking them to redo something that they've done in the past, but with a twist. And so the twist of this one is that the pen type B is now in available in titanium. Yeah. So the last one was in brass, which is one of my favorite pens. Um, that's been made, but it's funny. I they kept this one close to the vest, and and I talked to Sayway about it from CW and Team, and he says like I couldn't say anything until you know it was ready to go. So there was no advance. Yep, because this wasn't just them. They had to get everyone to launch together. It was like forty something projects, I think, when I went and looked at it, forty or fifty. So it was basically top secret on all these people. But he sent me an email. The minute it launched, he's like, hey, this is out and I wanted you to be, you know, to know about it first and get in there. So I backed it when I think I was, I don't know, one of the fourth or fifth backer or something on it. And I was like, oh, this is amazing because I love the pen. And uh, it was nice of him to do that and and give me a give me a heads up. But I, I think it's kind of funny that they were picked for the gold project because the pen type A was a massive cluster. Right? I mean, you remember all that, right? Yeah. I mean, it was a huge... I mean, they delivered in the end, and now, like, production's perfect on it. But it was a massively late and tough Kickstarter project for many, many reasons. Um, If you're not familiar with the pen type A and, you know, want to spend, 
you know, 20 minutes reading some articles about it. Just go search for it. And there was so much going on and so much drama around that project. It was insane. So, uh, yeah, but anyway, I am, I'm all over this. I mean, this is, this is like perfection in a, in a project for me. So yeah, it's a remix. It's a remix of a sharpener. So I'm buying this, but I'm keeping my backing on this one. They're also doing um, in this campaign uh, Made in America Pen Type A at a discounted rate, and it seems like that Made in America is newish the way that it's referenced in the campaign. Um, they did the Pen Type B in the U.S. Once they had all the issues with the A originally from China, they ended up making them in the U.S. like somewhere like in New Hampshire, Vermont, right. somewhere up in the Northeast. So I think all their pens are U.S. made now. Don't hold me to that because they're probably it, calling but... it out because like if you heard about the pen type A, you may be aware of the problems. But now then, yeah. those problems yeah. don't exist because they make them in America, and they're offering right. them at a cheaper price here, which is which is which is good, I guess, if you wanted to grab one of those as well. Yeah. Well, the pen type A is just a very highly specific use case. Like I would never recommend that pen for, unless you're like need that ruler case for useful reasons, because you can't pocket carry it like the pen type B. That's which is why I like it so much. So that's the difference. In case you're wondering, Mm -hmm. the pen type A comes of an architect scale and like a cube sheath. The pen Mm -hmm. comes in a cube sheath while the B Mm -hmm. is just, the sheath is just it. It's just a tube. Yeah. And they still, but, but they both go when you open it. So As they cool. should. I mean, that's what you'd want. Yeah. Why, well, otherwise, why else I mean, are you buying it? <laughs> that's what my $140 is going to, though. <laughs> well, I mean, as silly as that sounds, like that is the mark of the of it being well-crafted, right? Yes. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it making that sound is what, exactly what you're looking for. Yeah, it's essentially the, the validity to their proof of concept, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that validates their, their design, and you know, that's a feature. So, yeah, cool. I'm looking forward to this one, um, yeah. obviously. I mean, it's it's yeah. nice. As I said, like the, it, it is very beautiful when it's mm-hmm. closed. I just don't mm-hmm. like it when it's not, you know, I, it's just, a, I mean, I've been over this a million times. It's just not my personal yeah. tastes. Absolutely. Absolutely. But it is and just a remix. Just a remix. But this was by so. design, though. Kickstarter were looking for this. That's what they yeah. explicitly asked people to do. But hey, you know, like to your point, Every pen's a remix. Every mm-hmm. pen case is a remix, right? Yeah, there's some new innovative stuff, but yeah, to to your point, I think is valid. All right. As we record today, which is uh, <laughs> the 21st of June, we're expecting field notes, new field notes to, to arrive after we're done recording. If it happens <laughs> during the show, we'll mention it as we get the email with the announcement, but I just wanted to round out the new product section by referring to the fact that we haven't seen them yet. Yeah, and I like that you called that the new product section because we've been doing that a lot, and I like talking about the new products. Yeah, I don't know if people are noticing this, like that we're yeah, like, no, that's cool. But but we're doing a lot of work on that, I think. Well, they're going to notice it because we have a new header, a new header section here mm-hmm. called community. Community, and yeah, so in the past, and we've mentioned it recently, we've done you know the blog of the week and, you know, wanting to, you know, make sure we mention, you know, other cool things in the community that everyone should go check out. Everyone who's a listener would enjoy reading or listening to, you know, other things going on. And I noticed there was a lot of community news this week. So I wanted to point out a few things. Um, number one, we have some anniversaries, some blog anniversaries, if you will. Is that a word you hate, Mike? I imagine that's on the list of hated words like I have never heard that word before, and I would prefer if I didn't hear it again. Yeah, it's a it's it's not a good word, but um, it happens. So the London Parchment, one of my favorite blogs, uh, turns two. So Priya does wonderful work over there. If you're not reading the London Parchment, um, she gets very regularly linked in my Inklink section because she just does a wonderful job. So she did kind of a two year recap on what she's done and she's and I know I've linked to her in the past when she's she's very creative and makes her own you know wedding invitations and christmas cards and her handwriting is phenomenal it's beautiful and handwriting. I just love the tools that she do, uses and the things that she carries she does a wonderful job over at the london parchment so you should be reading her blog um if you aren't already and congratulations 
on two years, Priya. It's very, very well done. It's not an easy thing to do, and uh, you're done it, and uh, keep going. Let's get uh, a lot more years in there. And then I just happened to see, and I almost missed this, and I would have kicked myself, but the well-appointed desk turned seven, Mike. How amazing is that? Look at that. So our good friend, Anna, we didn't even get her on the show for to discuss the seventh anniversary of the well-appointed desk. Anna has her specific episodes now. You know, we have the, we have our Anna seasons. They come three times a year. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, um, you know, maybe we need to have a, uh, an annual every year. Yeah. Uh, We can add another one. I'm more than happy to add another one in. (laughs) So congratulations to Anna on seven wonderful years. It's, um, Anna's one of the absolute best, like without a shadow of a doubt, everything that she does. And if for some insane reason you have not yet gone to subscribe and pay attention to the well-appointed desk, then you should be mm-hmm. rectifying that almost immediately. Yes, yes. Please, please take care of that. Post haste. And uh, congratulations, Anna, on seven awesome years. It's uh, It's amazing to think back to... You know, when I was first started talking to Anna all these years ago and where we're at now, and uh, it's kind of cool to reminisce. So, I mean, you're married now. So, yeah, that's true. I gained gained a wife. Pretty big deal. (laughs) That's kind of a big deal. Uh, Not, not, uh, for new listeners, not really married. Just a long joke. No, a long running joke. Uh, uh, Anna's husband uh, is on this podcast and he's not British. On the newbie side of the ledger, she didn't even tell me she was doing this. I had to find it uh, through ulterior paths. But uh, my good friend Tanya, and friend of the community known as Merber Draws, is now blogging. And if there's anyone I could pick to start up a blog that I know would be awesome, it would be Tanya. She does wonderful, wonderful stuff. She has awesome pens, amazing handwriting, amazing sense of humor. I I just think she's the best. And she is out there at murberdraws.com. And you should all go add that to your feed readers or your your blog lists of reading. She has such an incredible collection, right, that I'm really pleased that she's now starting to show it. Yeah, so I know this is going to be good. Like you can just book it, right? I mean, mm-hmm. this is this is a this is a lock. So we'll we'll be talking about this more um, now that Tanya's getting out there more and and putting some of her work out there, and it's fantastic. And uh, just keep it up, Tanya, and well done. Congratulations on getting it started. And the last one, I think we might have mentioned before, but it's a site that I keep saying I need to go work on myself because this is always an idea that I had that I would enjoy doing. My friend Michael, who um, helps me out at the Chicago Pen Show, he has a site called carry.fm. And we might have talked about it when we've talked about EDC type stuff. And, you know, where you can go and you can build like, like what you're carrying it. And like you can build a profile and say, here's the things I carry. Like I have my Notco Lanier with this type of paper and these pens in it and you know oh i can attach you know the retro 51 to my profile and i can link someone my profile and say here's all the things i like you know it's got pens and inks and notebooks and it's got great articles and all these different collections of things so it's a way to kind of build and organize the things you have and you can personalize it and you can put your own kind of collections together i think it's just a really really cool thing for this community and the way we kind of carry things you know we all have backpacks that we like or bags and then you know what pens and paper do we carry with those things so it's very cool michael's done a bang up job setting this up so you should all go over to carry.fm and i need to work on my collection michael's been on my on my case and i keep because i keep telling him i'm gonna do it i need to build a collection brad you need to build your collection i'm like okay i'm gonna do it so i haven't do it i haven't done it yet but um it's really really cool and um and best of luck to Michael with this. I, I tried it out in the beta and now it's out in the public. So anyone can get on there and, and add products and, and build their own collections. So very cool. I think that's something you would probably like too, Mike. Yeah, I'm going to check it out. Yeah. All right. So we got, um, while you're reading this next sponsor, there's one thing I want to add before we get into ask TPA. And I think it's going to be a good thing. So why don't you, uh, 
why don't you feed me real quick while I uh, go do some work? I'll do my best. Today's show is brought to you by Blue Apron, the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the United States. They set the highest quality standards for their community of over 150 local farms, fisheries, and ranchers across the country. Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes with fresh, high-quality ingredients to allow you to make delicious home-cooked meals in 40 minutes or less. Those ingredients... They're all pre-portioned, so Blue Apron just ship you exactly what you need. They ship you the exact amount of each ingredient. This reduces food waste and also just makes sure that it's easier for you to follow their step-by-step recipes because you have everything you need already laid out in front of you. Believe it or not, Blue Apron meals cost you less than $10 per meal. You can choose from a variety of new recipes every week or let Blue Apron's culinary team surprise you. Upcoming recipes include spiced zucchini enchiladas with creamy lime and tomato rice, or maybe even peach honey glazed chicken with mashed sweet potatoes, collard greens, and Thai basil. Blue Apron's freshness guarantee promises that every ingredient in your delivery arrives ready to cook or they'll make it right. Blue Apron's mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone. They deliver to 99% of the continental US. There's no weekly commitment. You only get those deliveries when you want them. You can check out this week's menu and get three meals for free with your first purchase, including free shipping, by going to blueapron.com slash penaddict. You're going to love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home cooked meals with Blue Apron. So go to blueapron.com slash penaddict and we thank Blue Apron for their support. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. So we talked about it last week, the Inkology Celebrity Challenge from Anderson Pins that I was part of. And I said, we'll talk about it completely when it's over. So I kept telling myself, go put it in the show notes, go put it in the show notes. And I kept forgetting. So now it's in the show notes and we're going to talk about it. How's that sound? Okay. Yeah, I want to. And I've looked at it <laughs> and I'm, I, I don't think I picked this one for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did I? I mm-hmm. don't think I did. Yeah. So just to recap... Sailor Storia inks are mixable, and Anderson Pens did this killer contest where they sent eight of us ink samples and said, mix your own ink, come up with a name, and then we're going to challenge them all against each other in like a bracket-style format. Um, and so that's a lot of pressure. Like, I knew who, who who the competition was, and, you know, Aziza being in it for one, I thought, well, I'm dead already, and then Anna and Mike and Steven and Eric and everybody, I was like, wow, I've got no shot at this. So... Turns out you didn't. <laughs> it turns out I was. Turns out I was right. <laughs> I lost in the first round by a wide margin. However, um, you did okay. lose to the winner, right? Yeah. So, like, so, what chance did you yeah. have? I guess. Right, right. So you know, Eric Roscoe won with his Cirque de la Mer. It's a very pretty aqua green. Um, if I was voting, and I'm not just saying, if I had to vote on all the eight ink colors just pick one right now and i'm not just saying this because he's in the chat room i would have picked madison's um night balloon because i I like like that that blue Mm -hmm. so what i wanted to talk about was the theories i had going into this and why i did what i did so i clearly (laughs) overthought it (laughs) right so i got all the ink samples in and i got the kids together with me because Hey, this is just going to be cool and the kids will love this and look at on these, um, you know, look at these colors, see what we can mix up. I thought this is a perfect project for me and the kids. So we sat there, got all eight ink colors out, got the little pipettes to drip the ink. And I just got like a pad of paper that I could throw things down on and mix them up and see how they turned out just as a starter, you know, okay, this definitely isn't going to work. Okay. This has a chance of being something and narrowed it down that way. So I got down to like kind of three mixes that I like And my whole idea. The way I did this was I thought everyone was going to do bright inks because of the way the story inks were yellow was very easable, easily mixable with the green. You could make some bright stuff and it looked really, really good. And I thought, well, I think a lot of people are going to do bright. So I'm going to see if I can come up with something darkish that I like. So I found this, what ended up being called Hoodoo Voodoo. It was a very purpley gray blue kind of, you know, color, like a smoky purple. And it just seemed like a good voodoo color. 
So that's how I came up with the name of it. And I loved how it came out on the page. I honestly, you know, I'm, you know, I'm going to not be fair here. I, I don't think the colors that they mixed up themselves came out really as cool as this color is. I was really happy with it. I also really didn't think it would win um, because I, I thought the bright colors were going to win. And it turns out they did. But I still wanted it to be different. I didn't want just another, uh, another bright color. But I really like how this one came out. And the thing is, I had a killer orange <laughs> that I thought would have been perfect for this. And I didn't submit it because I thought it would be too obvious. So the thing was, you know, we had to be generic enough so people wouldn't vote on who made the ink, right? So that was one of the very strong rules. And I thought me making an orange would be too obvious. Um, Anna did a pink. And I was like, well, and knowing the rules like I did, I was like, Anna didn't do the pink because everyone would assume she did pink. Well, she, she did. Um, so I didn't submit the orange and I was talking to Mike and Mike's like, yeah, I had an orange too, but I did submit it because I thought you were going to submit it. So it was just kind of a funny thing um, about it. And uh, I don't know. I think Mike's, Mike's color is the best uh, if I was voting. I, um, definitely better than mine. I like Mike's, Aziz's, and Eric's. Um, and then... Uh, Brian Anderson and I actually came pretty close. I was a little bit worried there when I saw them um, that they weren't going to be different enough. So, and then my third ink that I almost submitted was kind of a version of Lisa Anderson's clown car with a little bit more green in it. It almost looked like an alt gold green. So anyway, I, f I fell in love with the hoodoo voodoo on the page. It had a lot of character. It was nice. Um, I, I, I think I thought the name did it justice and uh, I don't know. I might mix some, some of my own to, uh, to, to use, but this was, this was fun as heck. I, I would love to do this again. Um, I had a blast looking at all the votes and the results and reading all the comments and, uh, yeah, I just thought it was fun. It was it was really good. Even though I got knocked out on the first round, that's okay. But uh, totally, totally cool to do. Really liked it. I really enjoy you trying to get yourself out of your horrific loss. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Like, oh, yeah. well, you know, this happened and this happened. Doubty, you need no. to just own up. No, yeah. I did. I submitted the, the ink I thought was the best. And I'm really happy well, with my ink. I, I love lost. your gray ink. How about that? Does that make you feel better? Yeah, it came it it came out really good. I, I want to ink it up and and try it in some pens and and do some things. The other thing that was cool about this was Sailor uh, Storia's um, ink names. They allowed for some really cool names because they had all the you know they were very simple like lion and you know you know balloon. So you could come up with some some really fun names like Mike did. So I was gonna call my the second name for my my submitted ink was Clown in the Woods which I thought was a pretty tight name as well, but I went with Hoodoo Voodoo. That's creepy. I wouldn't want to use that ink. Exactly. That scared exactly. me, Brad. I don't want to see an ink <laughs> in the woods. That, that's like a top, top a, number one fear for me, I guess. Yeah, it's a scary ink. That's why I, that's why I made it, and I thought Clown in the Woods would be a great name. Oof, so. Give me the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> All right, on to some ass TBA. This one's for you, Michael, and is this from our, our one of our favorite listeners, Mr. Doug Beal, or is this a different Doug? That's Doug. That's Doug or, Beal. As, yeah, I figured because it's related to the Apple Pencil. So he wants to know how do the vinyl wraps change the feel of the Apple Pencil? Because we talked about this in the past couple of weeks about the custom skins. I guess last week he says he's finding them a little slick, but uh, you don't think that's the case? No, I mean, I find the uh, I, I assume that he's talking that he finds the Apple Pencil a little slick. That was how I read the question, but it could be either uh, way, right? So it's like he's wondering if the vinyl wraps will help. Um, and I think that they do. I have I have vinyl wraps from uh, D brand and from Slick Wraps. Um, I have one from each of them. They both make Apple Pencil skins, um, and I I think that they're really good. I mean, you know, one I really like the fact that you can change the design. Um, I'm excited about that. Right, that's fun because you can you can add some fun stuff. Um, but really, I do find that it's 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 a vinyl sticker, right? Like it has. It has with it an inherent ability to make things more tacky, and because of that, I think I feel at least that it adds a little bit more grip um, to to the Apple pencils. I, I find I I'm really really happy with it, and any Apple pencil I would buy in the future, I would get a I would get a, a wrap for it or a, or a sticker. I'm telling you, you need to, you need to make that uh, 
that hot sample that you uh, that you showed off last week. I have so. uh, yeah, I have more grand plans. That would be a thing. I have some grand right. plans now. Are you gonna are you gonna cause shipping problems for me again? I wouldn't know. <laughs> All right, I'll let you off the I hook. Marcus think, wants. I don't think we're ever gonna do to you again what we did to you last week. <laughs> so we had we had this sticker that we had made, which was to go on Apple's AirPods case. Um, and it made the AirPods case look like dental floss, but it was Relay FM mm-hmm. branded. Mm-hmm. So we've been working on this for a little bit with uh, our designer, Frank, and he actually mm-hmm. had them all printed and he brought them to me in London when I saw him recently. And then we took them over to uh, to San Jose and we gave them away to people that we were meeting. Um, and then we had a bunch left and we decided that we would sell them on our store um, and we announced them and we sold out completely and it was not a small number uh within like 90 minutes which we were not expecting um and therefore created (laughs) an issue over at knock headquarters where the the (laughs) incredible and lovely and amazing beautiful brad and jeff had to ship out literally hundreds of these stickers (laughs) and so i I just want to extend my most sincere thanks to the knockco crew for being so incredible no problem. It wasn't. It wasn't that bad. Okay, um, good. So we're, we're used to it, and everything's shipped now. So, uh, you know, if you ordered the the dental floss sticker, which is amazing, by the way, that's one of the coolest things I've ever seen. It was fantastic. Yeah. And in case anybody asks, as it stands right now, we don't have any plans to do this again. We might Thank do some God. stuff. Um, we're trying to do some some more limited edition things than just having standard stock of stuff now. Yeah. Yeah. So I sent Mike and Stephen my reorder of envelopes because, yeah. because they blew out our stock of envelopes um knowing you know not knowing this was coming we weren't able to prepare accordingly um but uh luckily uline is, is has a warehouse in town so we can get this stuff quick thank you uline <laughs> yeah thanks uline all right moving on marcus wants to know what do you think about inkless pens mike do you even own an inkless pen no why would i know what it is I mean, yeah, I've seen well, I'm them. I'm just curious. Okay. We've spoken about them in the past. Can you yeah. think of an example that I can put in the show notes for people that, that don't know? Um, The Pinaferina made the wood-based one. That's the most popular one these yeah, days. Yeah, that's the these one days. that we have 100% spoken about on this show. Yeah. I tell you my yeah. problem with this. I think it's taken 50% of the fun away. Right? Like... What? I Like, how so? I mean, half of the fun of the, of the fountain pen is choosing a cool ink. Right. Well, it's essentially I, I, it's it's essentially a pencil. It's it's exactly. not a pen. I don't know why they call them inkless pens. They're essentially, I guess, because they don't want to market it as a pencil. But it's a it's a pencil or a pen that never runs out of ink, never gets dull, um, because it's basically you're writing with a rock on the end of it. A modified rock is the way I put it. Um, I don't see any use for these unless. They make some small ones, like a pocketable ones that I've seen that might be good like in a car or a backpack. It's like a very in case of emergency thing because you know it's never going to fail. But it's never something that gives you an enjoyable writing experience because it ends up being too light or too awkward or too round. Um, they're, they're just never been good enough for me to use anything more than just a fun thing like they're cool for about a minute and then I never want to touch it again. So, you know, I, I like the idea of a mini portable one, which I've seen. I can't think of the name of who, who makes them, but they make one, you know, about the size of a Fisher space pen that I've seen. So it's, uh, that would be cool. Like an emergency backup pen, but for any kind of daily use, I would never use this because it's not enjoyable enough to use. All right, Steven wants to know, have you had a chance to try the Wingsong 698? I'm seeing these pop up more and more. People seem to prefer it over Twisby. What are your thoughts? So I've seen these at some pin shows, and I just want to say Wingsong a lot is the only reason why this is really in the show notes or else I would have deleted it. But Wingsong is a great pin name, and on that alone, um, you should buy it because everybody Wingsong tonight and buy the Twisby Eco as well because it's the same pen. So this is what companies like Wingsung do. They, you know, knock off 
popular designs. So it's essentially the made up Twisby Eco. I, I I don't know what to say about this. I okay, yeah, it's a thing. You know, Chinese pins are cool. They're good when they're dead copies of pins. I tend not to buy them just out of principle. But if Wing Song made a, their own pin that was uh, their own kind of unique design, I'd be interested in something like that. But I don't know why I would buy this as opposed to an Eco, other than it's probably, what, super cheap? Yeah, I, I, I don't know what to say about this, Mike. You know? Yeah, I mean, I put it in because I've never heard of it. And I went to the Fountain Pen Network and looked at it, and it just looked to me what I expected was just... A relatively cheap-looking knockoff of a Twisby Eco. Yeah, it's perfectly fine. You right. know, you know, I I have no problems with it. You know, I I I wish it wasn't like so exacting <laughs> in the design. Just like, um, who is it that makes the the Lamy Jinhao makes the all the Lamy Safari, um, knockoff type pens. You know, mm-hmm. they're fine. They they are what they are. You're not going to get the the best of. The, the time and engineering that went into Twisbees or Lamy's, but you know, they're, they're fine. I, I have no problem with those pins, whatever. It's just uh, something to have fun with. You know, a lot of people will buy Chinese pins to play with the nibs. I think that's a great idea. You know, if you want to do some nib modification, you know, on the cheap and still have a pin to, to play around with, you can get these for a few bucks each. I think it's cool. Something to put your sparkly inks in. So you're not worried about ruining you know your twisby eco i think that's cool so that's a good use case i'm for them in general i just don't see a big need you know personally all right so theo um this is back to your m90 question and i wanted to bring this up because theo knows me well enough that he asked this question and this was the exact conversation i had with myself in my head so i wanted to put this out there so He's talking about last week's show when we were talking about the Pilot M90. He said, before yesterday's podcast went live, I was having a little discussion in the Slack room that you and Mike ended up touching on a bit, so I wanted to get your thoughts. You see, I too have a Pilot M90. It's my favorite pen, Design Perfection. I love everything about it, except that it has, like yours, a medium nib. The medium nib writes great, but it's just a little wide for my taste and not as well suited to my writing style. So I posed the question, should I get the nib ground? Grind or no grind. The pen won't be sold in my lifetime short of a family crisis. I absolutely love it. It's so close to perfection, but for the nib. I use my pens and will continue to use this one regardless. My only hesitation is altering something that is relatively rare and flawless on its own. So I guess the question for you is, if you had not found the fine M90, would you have had your medium M90 ground? I went through this exact thought process Theo and I've always been of the belief that I will buy any pen that I like regardless of the nib because I can have the nib modified except the M90 I could not touch that nib because I thought it would ruin the aesthetic of that pen and I think it's the same for the Murex So I was resigned to the fact that my M90 had a medium nib and that's what it was going to be because I was so worried it would change the cleanliness of the lines and the design by getting it modified. I would be scared that it gets something bad happens to it, right? Yeah. There's nothing you can do. I've never felt that way about any other pen that I couldn't get it worked on and be completely fine with it. Because worst comes to worst, you could just buy a new nib, right? You just you just right. start over. Like, you know, you salt right. the earth. You can buy a new nib. Right. So I'm not sure that's the answer you wanted to hear, Theo, but I couldn't do it. I, I absolutely would not have ground the medium nib on my M90 for no. fear that it would change the look of the pen. And like, you, that, like Theo says, it's completely flawless. And I felt like I've never had that feeling about another pen before that I couldn't modify it somehow. Um, and this one, I, I couldn't do it. There was no way. I sat there and thought about this so much. Um, and I, I was not, I was just resigned to the fact that I'm glad I have an M90 and it's a medium and I'm just going to be happy with that because I really wanted the pen. So 
I had that uh, had those same thoughts, Theo, and that was that was what I decided. So I just lucked into the fine. Now I can, you know, now I don't have to worry about it anymore. But I would not have ground my medium M90. No way. So there you have it. I think that's the right. I, 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 you know, and you're saying maybe not what you wanted to hear. That's what you should hear. Like you shouldn't. I'm sure yeah. we'll hear from people that have and like cool yeah. like it went well for you mm-hmm. the, I just mm-hmm. I agree with you you just don't touch it like just don't touch it yeah I mean uh, besides like the Pilot Murex and those other integrated nibs I, I would never say that about any pen I'd just say go for it but these are different you know these are it different it is uh, we were going on a one way trip right <laughs> like, <laughs> if it, this is not something that you can come back from because you can't you can't easily get replacement parts right and right. You, you, that that's my big thing about it so mm-hmm. yeah i mean well this is partly why i jump at the chance to get another one and do you know what like if if it came up where i could buy a third i'd probably do that as well like i never want to be without this pen because it's the best pen ever ever on the planet <laughs> and the idea of me not having one is very upsetting to me so i will always jump at the chance to pick up another one yeah so, start an M ninety collection like my retro fifty one collection, but the <laughs> the trick is they all look exactly the same. Well, the the next thing you need to do is is get an original uh, Mayu. It's been in my mind. Mm-hmm. I mean, I always look for them, right? And yeah. and one day I think I will. I mean, I will probably go for the Mayu uh, Mayu over Murex for me. I think um, mm-hmm. one day. All right, we didn't get the email, so email did not come. I just checked, so we'll uh, we'll wait till next week, or if mm-hmm. Mike calls me back to uh, to do a B side, but uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll Probably have plenty to. We'll have the nice. the show notes will start early for uh, next week's podcast. You bet. If you want to send in questions for the show, you can tweet with the hashtag AskTPA, or if you're a part of the Pen Addict Slack, uh, you can just send them to Brad. Uh, how does that work in the Slack? Do people just send them to you? Yeah, just put it in the podcast channel and uh, make sure you tag my name so I get a, a little notice that they're in there. Then I save them off from there. Um, you can find our Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash penaddict. There's a great community there. Um, and there's another fantastic community over at stationary.wiki. Um, you can find Brad online at penaddict.com. He is at dowdyism on Twitter, D-O-D. D-O-W-D-Y-I-S-M and he is Pen Addict on Instagram. Um, I am at iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. The show notes for this week are at relay.fm slash penaddict slash 262 and I would like to thank our sponsors one more time, Pen Chalet and Blue Apron for helping support the show. But most of all, as always, my sincerest thanks of all of the thanks that I give goes to you, the listener, for tuning in every week because we really couldn't do it without you. So until next time, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad. <laughs>